You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. The FBI and CIA are reported to be looking for the source of a compromise that shut down CIA agents in China between 2010 and 2012. Hackers or moles, no one knows. Or was it just a tradecraft mismatch? WannaCry has been slowed, at least temporarily. Observers speculate the ransomware may have been a probe. Other uses of Eternal Blue exploits look more focused and more disciplined and arguably more serious. And WikiLeaks dumps another leaked implant. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, May 22, 2017. The New York Times reported Saturday that Chinese counterespionage efforts from 2010 to 2012 rolled up CIA assets. Agents recruited in China to collect information on that country, causing considerable damage to U.S. intelligence efforts. It also had tragic consequences for those arrested, who are said to have been imprisoned and perhaps in some cases executed. This is an older case that's only now come to public light. The agents' identities were compromised in some fashion, but whether by careless tradecraft routines, a mole in the U.S. intelligence community, or successful hacking of U.S. clandestine communications or data is so far unknown. The compromise is being compared to the damage done by rogue CIA officer Aldrich Ames, arrested in 1994 and convicted of spying for the KGB, and treasonous FBI Special Agent Robert Hansen, arrested in 2001 and convicted of betraying U.S. agents to Russian intelligence services. In a more recent development, China's government has decided to put the brakes on new information security regulations its cyberspace administration was set to implement this coming month. The regulations would have imposed stringent security review and data sovereignty restrictions on companies doing business in China. The projected rules attracted a great deal of international resistance from industry groups. The ultimate outcome is, of course, unknown, but at least in the short term, Chinese authorities have decided to listen to objections from some 50 organizations. Among those industry groups are the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the Business Software Alliance. WannaCry infestations slowed late last week, but there are signs of an attempted revival as botnets assail the domain that sinkholed the ransomware. Looking back at the WannaCry incident, Russian banks, Britain's National Health Service, and many, many Chinese users of unauthorized and unpatched Windows software seem to have been the most prominent victims. Preliminary and circumstantial attribution continues to focus on North Korea. In a statement at the UN, Pyongyang dismissed the accusations as ridiculous, but of course we bet Pyongyang says that to all the boys and girls. The connection to North Korea runs through what investigators see as traces of Lazarus Group code in the campaign, the Lazarus Group, of course, being the North Korean state criminal threat actor thought to have been involved in the Bangladesh bank heist. 
Those skeptical about North Korean involvement point to the fact that the most severely affected countries were Russia and China, who seem on the face of it unlikely targets. But relations between North Korea and Russia and China have cooled of late, and the WannaCry attack seems to have been indiscriminate more by mistake than design. There are reasons to suspect, however, that WannaCry may have been deliberately sloppy in its execution. Eric Schlesinger of security company Polaris Alpha this morning told the CyberWire that WannaCry might be considered a shot across the bow, a probe to determine how vulnerable enterprises were to known but unpatched vulnerabilities. Cyfort and other security researchers report that Eternal Blue, the exploits that enabled WannaCry, are being used to distribute a remote access Trojan. The rat appears to be establishing persistence in networks whence it could stage future operations. Unlike WannaCry, it's not ransomware and it's not a worm. It looks like espionage. There's also a WannaCry successor that uses seven of the tools dumped by the shadow brokers. The Croatian government's CERT has been observing and describing it. They call it Eternal Rocks. It can be readily weaponized not only with ransomware but with a variety of rats as well. We heard from Plixer's Michael Patterson, who sees the incident as the opening gun in a race between hackers and sysadmins, the admins needing to patch the SMB file-sharing protocol before the hackers can infect systems. Patterson says, quote, Once a device is infected, applying a subsequent patch does not remove the malware. The most effective way for security teams to monitor for any infected device is to leverage network traffic analytics to look for any historical Tor connections leaving the organization. Eternal Rocks uses a delayed Tor communication with a command and control server. By delaying the communications, the bad actors are attempting to be more stealthy. End quote. There is some good news on WannaCry, however. It's been reverse engineered, and decryptors are now available from several sources. Malwarebytes has posted instructions on how to use them. There are other variants of ransomware out that are unrelated to WannaCry. Xdata, a new strain of ransomware, hit Ukraine hard over the weekend, with signs of preliminary infection spreading to Estonian and German targets. And finally, where WikiLeaks and the shadow brokers get the material they're leaking remains an open question. WikiLeaks continues to disgorge the contents of its Vault 7 with another document dump late Friday. This latest tranche continues WikiLeaks' recent concentration on alleged CIA tools, in this case an implant, Athena, said to be capable of infecting Windows systems from XP to Windows 10. WikiLeaks's Julian Assange may be out from under the shadow of Swedish criminal law, but the Americans continue to be interested in him, and so Mr. Assange can be expected to maintain his residence in Ecuador's embassy to the United Kingdom. British police still have an eye on him, although a somewhat less focused eye now that Sweden has dropped its intentions to prosecute. For their own part, the shadow brokers still plan to open their Leak of the Month Club to subscribers beginning in June. They're selling still what they claim are equation group, that is, alleged NSA, tools. Their most recent dump included the eternal blue exploits used with significant, albeit ineptly executed, effect last week. The brokers themselves say they are not interested in stealing the grandmother's retirement money, but in doing battle with the equation group. So, for a price, you can subscribe to the club. We'll leave you with two good words. Caveat emptor. Buyer beware.
And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Uh, Joe, with the uh, recent story about um, the FCC rolling back uh, privacy rules when it comes to ISPs, right. this has really brought the subject of VPNs to the fore. Yep. I thought maybe we just talk about some basics. Uh, it's nice to cover some of these things to start from the beginning. Sure. Now, just what is a VPN and why should you be using one? Okay, so VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically what it is, it's a... It's a uh, an encrypted tunnel between your machine. It can actually be between any two points on the internet. Okay. In the case of uh, most commercial VPNs that users are going to use, it's a it's a piece of software you install on your machine that then takes all of your network connection and encrypts it and sends it to one location on a provider's site. So and the VPN provider's site. The VPN provider's site, right? right? And it's not really a site. Well, I mean, when you say site, I think website. But it's it's a computer that has a, a, a server that listens for your VPN connection, authenticates you as, as a valid user of the system. And then all of your traffic is routed through their network. So it comes out of, of their network from wherever they want it to. And some of these VPNs, the one I use, I actually do pay for a VPN to use for my purposes. Okay. And on my home computer, it's on all the time. As a matter of practice, I keep it on all the time. And so it's just running, you don't even notice that it's there. I don't even notice that it's there, exactly. And what does this do for you in terms of of privacy and security? So in the case of what just happened with the the change of of the the rules, now uh, my ISP is Verizon. Uh, now, when Verizon watches my traffic, they don't see anything other than encrypted traffic from my computer to the VPN site. That's all they ever see coming out of my computer. So they can't tell where you're going, they what don't you're know visiting. Anything they, don't about know, that. they just don't know what you're up to. They don't know what I'm up to. And that means they can't gather you know, marketing information on me and other things. I, I'm not saying that Verizon is going to do this right. um, or any other ISP, although now that they can do it, you know, I would not be the least bit surprised if they if they monetize that. Sure, and if you're someone who's interested in privacy, it's you know, right. a few bucks a month uh, seems like a, a, a sure. decent investment to make. Yeah, my my uh, the one I pay for cost me less than forty dollars a year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and just to have the level of security that I think it provides, I enjoy it. I, I think it's a good value. All right. Interesting stuff as always. Joe Kerrigan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Dave. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With Identity Orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K Cyberwire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey and share your feedback now.